0: I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will stay in my mouth. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, won't you magnify the Lord with me today? And Let us exalt his name together. Amen. I'm glad to see y'all today, even if y'all ain't glad to see me. I know what it's like to want to see your pastor. I want to see your pastor, too. Uh, but I'm grateful that he has given me this invitation uh, to be with you today. And I'm glad to see y'all because y'all, the last service of the morning. Is it morning still this afternoon? I don't even know what day it is. I just. But but listen, y'all pray for your pastor. Anybody who does this every week either really loves the Lord and his people or he's crazy. And. Uh, And your pastor is one of our heroes. I want you to know that. And uh, we are honored and delighted to be in relationship and fellowship with him. I'm grateful also uh, for Minister Henry May, who has been such a kind and gracious host to us, to my family this weekend. Thank you, brother, uh, for keeping us safe and for Making us feel at home. My wife is here today. She has not been here on a Sunday with me in a while. I guess none of us have been here in a while, um, but she is here today, and I'm honored and delighted that she and our children, Charlotte and Claire, uh, are with us today. And then my big brother is here today. His law firm is headquartered in Indianapolis, so he came down to hang with us. Uh, my uh, my family, are dear, dear people, and so I got one older brother who will fight you if you mess with me, and I got another one who can sue you if you, if you mess with me, but uh, they'll do it in Jesus' name. They'll take you down in Jesus' name. It, it is an honor and a joy really to be here with you uh, today, and I'm going to ask that you all would uh, pray with me and for me as I preach Uh, God's Word to you today. I want to take a detour uh, this morning and, or this afternoon. Uh, We, earlier this year at our church, did a series on overcoming melancholy. And I know that if if, if something ain't wrong with you on the backside of coming through this pandemic, then something was wrong with you before the pandemic started. It's been a challenge for a lot of us. And so this morning, I wanna lift a text to encourage you. Can I do that today? Uh, meet me in Psalm 42. I didn't give this one to you, Lisa. I'm sorry, I just I felt it in my heart as I sat down. Psalm 42. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. When you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it yet, say, hold on. All right, it's on page 581 in my Bible. I don't know what page it's on of yours. But if you get to the middle, you'll be right there. All right, Psalm 42 reads as follows. It says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. I shall praise him for the help of his presence oh my god my soul is in despair within me therefore I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mazar deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls all your breakers and your waves have rolled over me the Lord will command his loving-kindness in the daytime and his song will be with me in the night a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. This morning, here is a Psalm, in one sense, about sadness. And I don't know if anybody here ever wrestles with sadness, but if you have, you will be able to appreciate what the Psalmist has to say today. The Psalms, many of them, or poetry set to music, meant to be sung. I want to tag this song, this psalm, Psalm 42, Too Sad to Sing. I want to talk from the thought, Too Sad to Sing. Will you all pray with me, please? Our Father and our God, we do thank you and honor you for your blessedness and your kindness, your your goodness to us. We do not deserve it. I do ask of you now, I beg of you for clarity of mind, for concision of speech and conviction of heart that I may in this moment tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sadness comes to us with many faces and in many ways. I was perusing through photos in my iPhone recently. You know how your phone can bring up memories from time past. And I remember seeing a portrait, a picture of my son, probably at about age three at Christmas. He was holding a toy that fell apart at Christmas. And his face turned and big, as my mom would say, crocodile tears started to come down the face. And he was sad. We know something about childhood sadness, don't we? But then there's something about adult sadness where you run into problems that are bigger than broke toys. Like the problem of a friend who could not get hired, did not get hired for the job she was qualified for, but those less qualified than her took the job. Or sometimes it could be difficulty in relationship or in sickness, that make us sad sadness can even come to you in ministry he was 25 years old and he passed with the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London the famed pulpit of the world the London Times used to print his sermons the next day on Mondays he was such a strong gifted preacher his name is Charles Spurgeon one day when he was 25 he was preaching in the great big old auditorium and as he was preaching some prankster came in And yelled out fire and when he yelled out fire a stampede ensued people started running and running over one another until there were seven people dead and 28 people injured and the preacher went in the deep depression he felt like it was his fault his wife wrote in her comments she said you know uh, We thought we were going to lose him several times. There seemed to be in him a time where reason was tottering on her throne. and We just knew it would collapse and it would be over. Sadness can find you anywhere not just in ministry, but also even some of our best comedians who knew that Robin Williams struggled with sadness and melancholy and depression in the way that he had. He was making the rest of us laugh while he was miserable on the inside. That's why you shouldn't judge people by the way they look and by the way they act. You don't know who's going through what when they sit next to you in church. Here's what I do know is that everybody faces seasons of melancholy every day you can find somebody who could be facing just the everyday run-of-the-mill sadness or the it ain't the sun ain't came out to shine in chicago sadness for three months y'all don't know nothing about that Or, or there could be a hormonal chemical imbalance inside of you and And requiring medication and it could be a situation that requires consistent counseling but what I do know is that when we do run into sadness the worst thing that we can do is to tell ourselves or to tell someone else get over it pull yourselves up by your bootstraps don't you know people have faced worse things than this but because That's not how life works, friends. It doesn't matter how spiritual, how holy, how educated, how well off you are. You're going to face some difficulty. You're going to face some sadness. And that's what we run into in Psalm 42 and 43. They used to be one psalm. They were divided by the the redactor, the editor of the Psalter. But they repeat certain themes together. They are written by the the sons of Korah. I bring that up, not because you know who Cora is, but because you need to know that Cora was a spiritual giant, and sometimes even spiritual giants face moments of great weakness. It's it's not good for us to act like because you've been in church your whole life, you ain't never going to be depressed. It's not good for us to pretend as though you can tell the difference between the Old and the New Testament, that that sometimes helps your mind to tell the difference between good days and bad days. It doesn't matter who you are, you can face difficulty and sorrow. But I love this one. Help me God preach a word. I love this one because it shows up in a particular book of the Psalter. This is the beginning of book two of the Psalter. You know that the Psalms... Are neatly ordered they're not in chronological order they are in thematic order and so the Psalms are broken into five books which tell a story the second story is in the Elohistic Psalter it's like the second book of the Bible these Psalms highlight the name Elohim they they center upon the sovereignty, the bigness, the, the strength of God. It, it is that they, they focus on a name for God that, that emphasizes that God has a whole world in his hands. Are y'all in here with me today? You do know that God is so big, he got multiple names, don't you? Y'all ain't ready to have fun in here. I want to preach to a church that, that want to enjoy. You do know that he is Jehovah Jireh at the same time he is Jehovah Nisi. As the same time he's Jehovah Sitkanu. You, you do know that he reveals himself in his name. He met a man named Moses. He introduced himself to Moses one day. And when he met uh, Moses, Moses said, uh, uh, what's your name? God had given him an assignment. Go and deliver my people. And Moses said, look, ain't nobody going to respect me just telling them God sent me. So what is your name? He said, my name is I Am. And, and I Am. Uh, is, is a verb stuck in the present tense. He, he didn't say, I was, or I will be. He said, I am. Uh, in, in other words, he was telling Moses, you live in time and space. You get gray Your body parts start to sag. Gravity takes over you. I live outside of time and space. Time and space does not affect me. And so I need you to know I know what's going on in time, but I'm bigger than time. I am. Oh, that's good news this morning. That's good news, not just because it's information, but it's good news because it's transformation. It means that God doesn't have a present or a future. So wherever you are, God is able to fix that thing. Where do you have to go? He's already there. Help me, Lord God. And because he doesn't have to wrestle with time while you're in your present, he can go in your past and fix your future. His name is I Am. God is so much a God, help me Lord, that God is leaving where God is going. He always is at the same time. Those those are some great names. I wish I had time to call more, but let me just tell you about this one. Elohim. Eim is a plural suffix in the Hebrew language. It it is to make multiple. uh, Elohim is to suggest That God is the all-sufficient one. That, That much like a mother nurses her baby at her breasts and transfers her immune system to that baby, making that baby get everything that baby needs in milk, so is God. Except God doesn't just take care of one of his children at a time. He's so much a God, he can take care of all of us at the same time. Did y'all hear me in here? That means you can be praying and I can be praying and they can be praying in the Ukraine and they can be praying in Africa and praying in London and God is so sophisticated. He can hear every one of our prayers and answer them how he sees best. He is the God of all sufficiency. So whenever you face sadness, remember that the sad psalm happens in the Elohistic Psalter. God has enough strength to cover you in your sadness. What do you have need of today? Do you need marriage fixing grace? God got marriage fixing grace. Do you need, I ain't got no food in my refrigerator provision. God has, I got provision to put food on your refrigerator. Do you have, I got a bad report from the doctor. He got enough medicine in the hymn of his God. I'm trying today to help somebody because what this second book of the Psalter says is you need to start focusing on the almighty unmitigated power of God rather than the minuscule nature of your problem. If you this morning would see your God as bigger than your problem, then by the time you get done looking at your problem, you'll need a microscope because God got so much power to handle what's bothering you. You need to look at him and not your problem. Is there anybody here today that want to put into practice what I'm saying? If you got a problem, God can solve it. If you got a sickness, God can heal it. If something is dead, God can raise it back to life. You are not done because God ain't done. He's got power. So the Psalter teaches us to lean toward focusing. On the power of God. And I like preaching from the Psalter. I like reading the Psalter because the Psalms cover the gambit of human emotion. They weep and they laugh. They pray and they cuss. Come on, talk back to me in here today. They got enemies and they got hope. They get sad. But then they find joy and walking with them through the tracks of people who've walked with God you and I can find the same thing and what this psalm is tailored to teach you and I is that sometimes you gotta talk to yourself about the bigness and goodness of your God while your problems are trying to take over your mind you got to learn how to encourage yourself by remembering that God is a deliverer and the same God who delivered before is able to deliver again. So what is it? What is it? I want to ask an answer of this text that makes people so sad. Then what is it that makes us glad? I want you to look at the first stanza of this song. I actually want to bleed into the the second one. People get sad when they imagine that God goes absent. Did y'all hear me? I said people get sad when they imagine that God goes absent. Psalmist says, as the deer pants for the water brooks. So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day, here it is, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me for I used to go along with the throng and lead them in the procession in the house of God with a voice of joy and thanksgiving and a multitude keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Do you see it there in verse 10? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me while they say to me all day long, where is your God. Strong people have weak moments and seasons of anguish when they imagine that God goes absent. And when it feels like in your life that God is nowhere to be found when it feels like your troubles are mounting a winning case against you you better know where to run as the deer pants for the water brooks so my soul pants for you oh god my soul thirsts for god for the living god when Am I going to appear before him? Here it is. A deer. Panting for the water brooks. I grew up in the city. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't know much about deer. Well, we, the closest we got to deer was Bambi on the TV screen, you know. Uh, one of my deacons now, older man, he's a deer hunter. He leaves Chicago every year, goes south to hunt deer, and he's going to take me uh, To to hunt deer. Don't judge me looking at me like, why would you shoot Bambi, you know, cute little deer ain't never did nothing to you. You know, people shoot worse things, by by the way. But, But before we go, because it's a dangerous expedition, he handed me a book about deer. And he said, you cannot go unless you read this book and learn about deer. Do you know that deer are amazing creatures? Their sensory receptors are so strong that they can smell you two football fields away. Before you see them, they see you. The Bible is fond of talking about deer. They have hind legs. They can jump real fast to get in and out of danger. But for whatever reason, deer are haunted prey. Everybody wants to get bambi For some reason, the deer are those in the animal kingdom that everybody's after. And what's curious, when I read this uh, encyclopedia on deer, is that I discovered that deer do not sweat. So although a deer is fast, the only way it can cool off is it has to breathe. But but as it breathes, it releases its scent. And as it releases its scent, its predator can know where it is. So while it's running from its predator, it's actually telling its predator how to find it. And because it cannot sweat, it has to pant in order to keep itself cool. So what the deer is panting for isn't to let the predator know where he is, But the deer is panting, cannot wait to get to water. And you could read that and go, oh, that's cool because the deer is going to quench its thirst when it gets to the water. No. When the deer gets to the water, it lowers its head in the water and the water consumes the scent of the deer so that the predator no longer knows where the deer is. The psalmist is saying, when the mounds and hounds of sadness and depression are behind me, when they know how to get me, if I can just get to the water. I can lower my head, help me Lord God, and get what I need. I'm here today to tell somebody, when sadness and sorrow come upon you like a flood, if you can just link in to the very word of God, God knows how to fight sadness off. I said God knows how to fight sorrow off. God knows how to fight fatigue off. I don't know. I don't know a more apt illustration for our world today. We got a lot of drama and trouble coming through a pandemic. A million families in America have had to bury loved ones because of this pandemic. You put on top of that another pandemic that we've been in for since 1619, racial injustice and systemic injustice in, in America. And you add to that, now we, we see on our phones the brutal murder of innocent black boys and black girls from Louisville to Georgia to Minneapolis to Chicago. We're under it. And, and it's in my city like it's in yours. People are trying to find ways to anesthetize themselves. So, so they go to the street side pharmacist where they get a prescription for fentanyl and opioids. And folk are losing their lives because of drug overdose. In in Cook County, where Chicago is, there have been more deaths by drug overdose in the last two years than there were in the last ten. Because we haven't learned where to go when your problems come against you. God, I wish I had a church. The church I grew up in, they used to sing this song. They used to say, I can go to the rock when everything else fails, when problems are all around me, when there is no solution right in front of me. I can go to the rock, and I'm preaching it because somebody here today, you've been running everywhere else, but, but you need to run to the rock that is higher than high, and his name is Jesus the Christ. There is a way in which sadness won't quit. Day and night, the psalmist says. It's a merism, meaning every time that I look up, sadness is coming around me. My tears are my food. And people are saying to me, where is your God? Here is the theological tension. Where is God? Where where is he? When, When things go wrong, as they sometimes will. When the road you trudge seems all uphill. When the funds are low and the debts are high. When you want to weep but you just keep crying. Rest if you must, the poet said, but don't quit. Look, look at what, the, look at what the, the poet and the psalmist are feeling. Pressure, how, how do you handle life when what you need doesn't seem to be available to you? I wanna tell you something, friends that the presence of sadness does not mean the absence of God. God is still good when you're sad. God is still there when life doesn't go the way you want it to. God is still faithful when you are faithless because if you turn over one more page Psalm 46 will say God is our refuge and our stray. Here he is a very present help in the time of trouble. I want to preach. I just need a church if, if y'all will help me. I, I remember growing up in church and I remember learning about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We called them the three Hebrew boys but they were really men and, and they got thrown into a fire. It was one of my favorite lessons when I was nine and ten and, and old Nebuchadnezzar uh, threw them into the fire because they would not bow to his statue. And, and, and when they threw them in the fire, the three Hebrew boys didn't burn. So old oh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, went and he looked and he said, huh? He said, come here, fellas. He said, how many people did we put in there? They said three. He said, well, I went to Babylonian public schools. I know how to count. Count with me. One, two, three, four. He said, maybe I'm not doing it right. Brother Treasurer, you come over. Count. He said, one, two, three, four. He said, now we put three in there, but there's a fourth one in the fire, and he looks like The Son of God. Where is God when you're in trouble? He's right there. He ain't leave you. He has not forsaken you. God has always been there when you've been there. Don't let yourself imagine that the presence of sadness must mean the absence of God. I hear B.J. Tate my college pastor saying, they put three in the fire. There were four in there. They took three out. He would look at us in college. He would say, where is the fourth man? And we'd have to shout back, he's still in the fire. If I had a Pentecostal church, I'd lean in right there on him. And I'd tell y'all, he's still in the fire. When you get to the fire one day, he's still there. You, You will be sad when you imagine that God goes absent. But listen now, you will be sad. When you feel like God has abandoned you, listen to the tone of rejection and abandonment. Listen to how this hurts the psalmist. He says, I remember you from the land of Jordan, from the peaks of Hermon. He, he says from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep, the sound of your waterfalls, all the breakers, of your waves are over me. He says, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I, I sense in this text more language about water. That plays on the theme of trouble. When you get to Mount Mazar, when you come to the peaks of Ehrman, from the land of the Jordan, you can see the strength and the power of water. We've been taught when you learn to swim to respect the water. But in this text, this is a highlight of why you do it. Verse seven, deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls, cascading water that is enough to drown and to hurt. On on one hand, you have the deer panting for water, who is longing for the presence of God. And then on the other hand, you have water that represents the power of God hurting the psalmist. This, This is the language of deep. Calling the deep on one hand my sorrow and my suffering are Crashing down upon me like the waterfall at Ermine. But but on the other hand I'm longing like the deer does for the water brooks Th- This is a riddle that cracks in a wonderful way deep calls to deep the same waters that can satisfy the deer can destroy the psalmist. It is deep calling to deep. It is the power of God restraining the power of God. It is the same water that can hide you, that needs to protect you from the water that can destroy you. What the psalmist is saying is, God, save me from God. In other words, if you don't deliver me, then I am doomed by your judgment. The psalmist is giving us a picture of deliverance that will come in the New Testament. I don't deserve your kindness. I deserve your judgment. And in the same way that your judgment would crush me, there is some goodness in you that can save me. And what the psalmist is arguing is that the same God who should hurt you is the God who can hide you. I wonder, is there anybody here today that can feel what I'm getting at here? There is enough electricity running through this building right now. It could blast any of us. Ah, oh, but there's something else in this building. It's called a conduit that tells the electricity which way to go. And when it does, the same electricity that could blast us is actually blessing us. Because it's the same power is just moved away from hurting us. Down in Piney Grove is the First Baptist Church. They have a great big old cross. I've seen it for myself. And, And if you look, at the cross closely, you will see there's a little piece of metal sticking up out of the cross. It's called a lightning rod. One day, they were having church when a big storm hit Lauderdale Lakes. And when the storm came, the storm knocked out power everywhere in the city. The mass transit system was put on halt, the street lights were out and about, but the church just kept on clapping and praising God. They didn't know anything about the storm that was going on outside. When service was over, the pastor went to his office and the deacon met him and said, man, you won't believe this, but the church was struck by lightning. He said, what do you mean? He said, while we were in here having church, the church got struck by lightning. He said, well, why didn't we feel it? None of the lights went out. He said, no, when the church got struck by lightning, the cross took the lightning pulled it through ran it down to a current in the ground and he looked at him and said the cross did its job i wish i had a church in here with me today what i'm trying to tell you is that the only thing that can save you from the judgment of god is the grace of god and somebody ought to be able to help me preach my sermon by saying that the cross did its job they hung him high And they stretched him wide. He dropped his head. And for me and you, he died. But that's not how. I said, that's not how. The story ends. Because on the third day, he got up. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Why are you in despair? Oh, my soul. Why have you become disturbed within me? We know why. When you imagine God goes absent, and when you feel rejected or abandoned by God, you will be sad. But here is the way out. Are y'all interested? I need you to pull. Are y'all interested in how you can get through? Here it is. He says, Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. The help of my countenance and my God. Help me, Lord God, in this place. He said, hope in God. Maurice Watson, the famed preacher of these yet-to-be United States, preached one Sunday, stood at the back of the church when one of the elderly members came to him, grabbed him, and said, Doc, you hoped me today. Being an astute preacher, he looked back at her and he said, you, you mean I helped you? She said, no, I know what help is. She said, you hoped me today. He, he said, what, what do you mean? She says, Hope is what you hold on to till your help arrives. You hope me today. I'm here today to tell you that one of the gifts of getting through depression and sadness and sickness is not to lose your hope. Sometimes you got to hold on to it till your help arrives. Ah, oh, but the word help gets better too, doesn't it? Here it is. He says, hope in God for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. That word help. In the original language is the word easer, not skeezer, easer. This, this is a word that shows up in Genesis chapter 2 when God makes man and woman. He makes her a wife, a helper, a easer. She can do what nobody else can do. She can be in close proximity to him and help him. Are y'all in here with me today? somebody who is in the ring to fight not against you, but with you. It's a picture of help. Last night, we were sitting at the dinner table, my brother and I, we were talking about how we used to wrestle. We used to make our own, back in the day, we're called WWF. We used to make our own WWF. Uh, belts and we wrapped them in aluminum foil and we put all kinds of things on it. and we would fight We would fight the pillows on the couch. I tell you kids these days They got screens and all kinds of stuff. We used to fight the pillows on the couch But my favorite match to play with Lindsay was called tag team. Some of y'all ain't never heard of this before This is what we used to watch on TV. One wrestler would be in the ring He would be getting beat up and his partner was on the other side outside of the ring on the ropes, and I loved it. Sometimes I would watch Macho Man Randy Savage. He would be getting beat down by Hulk Hogan, and he would crawl and climb over to Dusty Baker, the American dream, and he got over to Dusty Baker, the American dream, and he tapped his help. That's all he had to do was was get to his help, and he tapped his help. And as soon as he made the tap, Dusty Baker, the American Dream, jumped over the ropes, got in the ring, and the same Hulk Hogan, who was taking down macho man Randy Savage, started to beat down Hulk Hogan because his help had arrived. I wonder if you are spiritual enough to sense what I'm saying, if you can just Tap into your help. God is able to jump in the ring and to give you everything you need. I'm done. I'm done. But I think we need to finish this sermon the way that the psalmist finishes this psalm. He says, I shall yet praise him. If you want to know how to overcome, let me tell you that the psalmist never lost his praise. One thing he held on to through his ups and his downs was a determination that God was still good enough to get his worship. It didn't work over here. Let me try right over here. One of the things that the psalmist held on to through his ups and his downs was that God was still worthy to be praised. That they came to church. Let, let me see if y'all heard what I said over here. When he didn't feel like coming to church when things were not working out the way he wanted them to work out when his money was funny and his change was strange he got up anyway and went to church because he said god is still worthy of my praise is there anybody in here today that says god is still worthy of all of your praise count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings See what the Lord has done. Is there anybody in this church that can remember with me that God has been good to you? Do y'all hear me in here? I said God has been good to you. Can you think back over the years of your life? And can you start to name your blessings? Didn't he watch over you when you were a kid? Didn't he keep food on the table? anybody here graduate from college didn't he pay your tuition anybody here got lights on in the house won't he pay your bills anybody ever been sick before thought you couldn't get well will y'all help me help somebody he's worthy yes he is he's worthy help me help somebody else Look at somebody and tell them he's what?